0: episode 19 we're talking with our lovely friend Michael Mariani um I was should I just go for my question yes go ahead does anybody want to say anything (laughs) okay so I was just going to ask because um we've had the the past couple of times that we all got together we had really interesting conversations with you um about the the experiences that you've had in your job or jobs um, throughout the years. Um, And I I would love to hear any part of it that if you like to share, because some parts of it is very interesting. But I wanted to ask, what is one main thing that you gathered out of all of these years working with different people in different companies? Um, many years of experiences and challenges. What is one m- maybe the biggest challenge or one thing that you took away that could um, I don't know help someone who's just starting to get into the workforce and um
1: so the um, the reason why I mentioned earlier that uh, dumb luck you know I had mm-hmm. dumb luck right. Um, and that was because I ended up – I landed – so I've always been a morning person mm-hmm. uh, ever since I was a little kid. I don't know why, but I'm just a morning per- – you know, some people are morning people, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Kay is not a morning person. She stays up until midnight, mm-hmm. you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, and that's when she's, you know, reading and doing stuff. And I, I just – there's no way I could stay up that late. But, again, I'm up at 4 in the morning, and mm-hmm. she's up at 8 in the morning sort of thing. So um, – When I went to San Francisco, uh, I didn't really have a plan. It was very spontaneous. And so um, I had some work, but not enough work to really keep me going, make enough money, basically. And uh, I had gone with another person I knew who uh, was my friend at the time. We're not friends anymore. And he had left his wife, you know, long story, I'll not go into that story, but Mm -hmm. at some point We needed to have more money coming in. We lived; The three of us lived in a house. Mm -hmm. So I went to the newspaper. People used to do that back then. Mm -hmm. This was uh, February of 1983. And I saw an ad for a business that had 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. start time. And I thought, well, I'm a morning person. (laughs) And how many people are going to apply for that job? Maybe I didn't fully think that through, but I did think, okay, I can do this. So I had one jacket. It was sort of a tweed jacket. And I put on my one tweed jacket and I went down to interview. And uh, it was just a starting position stock boy at the, a business in the flower market in San Francisco. And uh, so I got interviewed by this gentleman. His name was Robert Suleski. He was the assistant controller or office manager. I don't know exactly what his title was. And, it, uh, and so um, he, I don't remember exactly the interview except the very last thing. And he asked me why should we hire you and not somebody else? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if you don't hire me, you'll regret it. (laughs) I was 16, right? I mean, this is crazy. And on my application, which I worked at that job for 39 years at that company, and on my application, the employment application, written in the margins, Bob had written, very aggressive. (laughs) Right? Which is funny, right? You're there 39 Uh years, right? Um, And so... um, I got the job, and it was right at a great time. It was a family-owned business that had been in that business since 1930s.
2: Wow. The
1: guy who started it went off to World War II. When he came back, he started a new business in L.A., so there were the two businesses. And these two guys, these two brothers, one of them had been going to Berkeley. He got a job there just to get a job, and he was running this business. And, and so he was very smart. His name was Larry Shepard. And he, they ended up buying half the company. It was two families. They bought out one of the, the founding family. They bought him out. And so now they were owners. And this was probably about 86. So I had been there a few years. And uh, they ended up consolidating. And they ended up making the headquarters down in Southern California. As a matter of fact, the headquarters were in Camarillo, mm-hmm. which is why I ended up in Camarillo. Uh-huh. All right, so Or I ended up in Ventura to work in Camarillo. Mm-hmm. And so Larry Shepard had an MBA. He was the older brother. He was the star brother. He was the ace, uh, number one golf on the golf team. Their father was a golfer, so that was very important in their family. He was a pilot in Vietnam. He was in the Air Force. Uh, He was just the perfect older brother. And I think that there was definitely some dynamics there with the younger brother. He had already gone to L.A. uh, to represent the family before they owned the business so i came in 83 he had left for la in 81 dennis his brother he brought him into the business he was my the boss of the store he was my boss's boss i had like a store manager as my boss and um somehow out of all this larry both dennis and larry but mostly larry recognized this sort of this young gentleman who was very uh some people call me a sponge right (laughs) i was just absorbing everything and so we sort of had a relationship. And again, that hurt my relationship with his younger brother, who was my boss, mm-hmm. right? Because I had sort of a better relationship with his brother. I see this all in retrospect now, mm-hmm. right? At that time, I was just excited. And when I mentioned earlier about my craving a family, well, my, my biological father was gone before I even knew who he was. He was gone when I was weeks old. My mom remarried, another gentleman. I never really you know got close to that person. He also left. So what I've realized about myself over the years is I've always been looking for that father that I never had. And so older men who, you know, in my life have represented people who I've had some, I've been very fortunate to have some people, including Larry and Dennis, who's the the younger brother, but mostly Larry. And Larry had an MBA and he was, he was larger than life, right? He was so smart. He was wicked smart but he also wasn't very good with his people skills. Mm. So he was a yeller. He was somebody that could just tear people apart with his words and his screaming and yelling, and it was just not something that you... I, I really never, for the most part, never got it directly aimed at me, but it was always aimed at somebody near me or you know just in general, and um, so... I'm really fortunate that I learned a lot about business from that gentleman. I studied business. I never had an MBA, but Larry was very quick to tell me. I learned more on the job that, you know, the MBA doesn't mean anything. He had the MBA and it didn't matter. What mattered was what we did there. So I read a lot and that's something else I got from Kay. Kay is a huge reader, right? Kay reads 52 books a year, one a week on average. Oh wow! Uh, I read about half that, right? And a lot of what I read I don't so much anymore was books about business and management and trying to understand that whole process of, and it's not easy. It's crazy. And there's a lot written about it. So you can read, you can read all day long about, you know, that stuff. Um, and so the question was, you know, can you summarize it in one, you know, sort of like one thing? I don't think I can. I I think
2: think you already gave out so many tricks. For a younger person who wants to get a job.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the advice. With five
2: minutes of explanation. Yeah. I mean, the advice generally,
1: I, I guess part of the reason why I'm careful is I don't like, there's a lot of gratuitous advice or advice that people don't really follow. And so I want to be careful to not just throw out those sort of uh, things that maybe people like, oh, yeah, I hear that. But it's they're true. So many of them mm-hmm. are true, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have, I don't know if you've met Hassan, but I think you might have. But yes, we have We've, did. we've we had did. Hassan as a birthday. very good yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hassan is from Iran. He came in 88 with nothing. He left everything behind, came with his two kids and his wife, and started from zero. And, you know, he was my right-hand person. I mean, he was so integral. He's still there. His birthday was today, he's 74 years oh, old today. Yeah. I went and celebrated his birthday at the warehouse today with everybody celebrating. Oh, happy birthday, Hassan. He's still there, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, because he just yeah. he just is still feels that it's a sense of purpose. Um, so between the two of us, because I don't want to take full credit because he's another person that I've been very fortunate to have him in my life, um, things like uh work harder. You know, Hassan was in charge of the staff. And so he worked, he was in charge of the staff of a warehouse picking orders, right? So you're not going to get your rocket scientists coming through the door to do that job, right? And unfortunately, a lot of these youngsters probably don't have a uh, two parents at home. They're, you know, they're probably, their mom's probably at work all the time. So they don't have that father figure, right? So in some ways he did, but it really frustrated him because they didn't get that basic um, work ethic. And so he tries, but his trying isn't really, he's not their father. So, but he would say, you know, you call every Monday in sick, then you want to complain about not getting a raise. You say, you know, you haven't made that connection. You do more than you're asked. That's like the most basic piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Do more than you're asked. Be helpful, be helpful to other people, um, be a person that people want to be around. You know, Kay, Kay has this thing about all the pretty girls at school and, you know, I wasn't always the prettiest girl. And so she sort of made a conscious effort when she was younger that, you know, she isn't the prettiest girl. So she's going to make sure that she's uh, somebody that you want to be with. You know, she's not going to be pouty or she's not going to be, it's kind of an interesting concept because I think Kay is pretty, but, um, you know, that's her own, yeah, it's her own, you know, self (laughs) thing, but, but, um, be somebody that people want to be around. Be helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to learn as much as you can, and and uh, be reliable. And mm-hmm. always do more than you're asked. And again, those the, the reason I'm hesitant is because mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things like yeah, 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 but they're true.
2: Exactly, they're
1: true. Yeah. That's you know that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and we
2: didn't mention about your job. You didn't went to university.
1: No, I didn't. You didn't get school.
2: the MBA. No. but right now. I know that you are programming and you're managing. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and you've been doing sure. for the past 30 yeah. some years?
1: Yeah. So um, I finished up the other job. I was the general manager of the company. So they do about 30 million in revenue, had 20 stores, 135 employees, something like that. So general manager, you sort of in charge of everything really running the company. The new job is a step back from that. The new job is is just in IT, doing support. I am a manager. I manage one person. That's about as much as I can handle at this point in my career. Uh, he's a great young man, and I'm happy to manage him because he's very easy to manage. He's a very hard worker. Um, and um, so the computers thing, that was just sort of a hobby. and <laughs> But I was able to parlay that at the old business. We were not computerized, right? So as we became computerized, guess who did it? And then as I learned more, I realized, oh, I can do the programs. And so I, would, I did the program. So a lot of the programs to basically run the business were written by me. Um, we had programmers working on and off, so it wasn't 100% my effort, but a lot of it was directed and, you know, this is what we need. Okay, let's figure out how to do it. Um, there's a very funny story. The gentleman who did our flowers for our wedding has a flower shop in Pacific Heights, very f- nice neighborhood in San Francisco. Patrick Powell is his name. He owns Bloomers Flowers on Washington Street, 2975 Washington Street.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: I was so proud one day in probably 1990 or 91 that I had figured out on the computer how to use people's phone numbers to bring up their account. <laughs> so you come in and you say, what's your phone number? You put in the phone number, it brings up the account. So he it was a Saturday morning. He came in. I said, Patrick, Patrick, look, let me have your phone number. <laughs> I won't forget that phone number 415-563-3266. You put in the phone number and it brought up his account. He said that's kind of cool. And I put in his order and I went to print and nothing printed. Oh. No. And what I didn't realize at the time was I had added some space or something in there, not realizing that I now corrupted all the data in the But I my testing, all I did in my test was I put in the phone number and bring up the account. I didn't actually go and print the order until I, and I made it live. These are all <laughs> lessons I learned. Right? I made it live on the computer. From that day forward, any time I was in the store teaching somebody on the computer and Patrick was in the store, you would hear Patrick. He would be on two aisles over and he'd say, ask them for their phone number. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a running joke for many years with him. Uh, But the computer allowed me to do something that I would not have done. It was timing. It was just the timing of the whole thing. And so in 92, we put computers in our 12 stores that we had at the time. I wrote programs to allow us to do all that point-of-sale stuff, et cetera. Um, and so that gave me uh, maybe some job security. I'm not sure. But, you know, but also managing at the same time. And managing is interesting. The thing I've noticed about managing in businesses, and I've only worked for two, mostly just two businesses, but they're both the same, small businesses. The company I work for now maybe has 150 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, people get promoted to be a manager Mm -hmm. and a lot of people think that's it you are a great worker we're gonna make you a manager because that's a promotion we're gonna give you more money we're gonna give you a title isn't that great great okay Mm -hmm. but wait a minute what did i do to show, to demonstrate that I can actually manage people because, you know, what I was doing before wasn't managing people, it was managing Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Now, true, that's a a skill you need to have. First, you need to manage yourself. That's Mm -hmm. not something I just figured out. That's something I read and I recognize that. Mm -hmm. If you're not good at managing yourself, you're not going to be good at managing people. That's okay. But that happens all the time. It's happened everywhere I've worked. It continues to happen. And it's such an interesting phenomenon to me that people don't take the job of manager seriously enough. So I tried, I really tried at the last job to put some effort. And I remember what I did was it wasn't anything super magical. We had a, we set up a training website and for the managers, I said, okay, we're going to read some books. We're going to start with this book. It's called first time manager. We're going to read this other book, the 27 challenges every manager faced. And then at the end of each chapter, you're going to take a quiz and I'm going to grade the quiz cool i get to be a professor i never never went to college i get to be a professor but what was interesting was some of the reaction now there was mixed reactions some manager and so here's why some managers like oh my god why did we do this 20 years ago other managers you didn't hear anything or they weren't they didn't do it i had to push them and i realized okay so which one do you think was the better manager and which one do you think wasn't the better manager Mm -hmm. right and so yeah you you put them into their uncomfort zone out of their comfort zone right um because accountability is important. Mm-hmm. And that also is a very important thing in business. If you're going to make sure that the business is successful, people need to be accountable. So. If you're not accountable, then, pff, you know, all bets are off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that I think is really, what's the phrase, a, 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 a craw uh, you know, where, where something bothers you. That's something that's really bothered me over the years is how people become managers and people don't really they kind of think that's the end. And to me, that's like the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? You need Mm -hmm. to really give them the tools and skills to be a manager. What does that mean? And it's this thing called soft skills. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different, you know, we can sit here and play numbers all day long and be like, well, that's a good selling item. That's not a good selling item. That has a good margin. That doesn't have good margin. All of those things are easy because they're hard. You know, it's just like black or white. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to managing people, we were riding our bicycles the other night. We went by this little Mexican restaurant that we go by and out on the corner was the fellow, that, and we, we've only been there a couple of times, but we know the guy who owns it, because he's in the kitchen. It's just him. It's an open kitchen you can see in the kitchen. And he's out on the corner with this young woman, right? And the whole body language, right? She was, something had happened. She was not, she was upset, and he's having this conversation with her. And I didn't hear the words as we passed, but as we passed, I said to Kay, I do not miss that one bit, <laughs> right? That is, he's get, having some... Heart to heart, you know, he's having to tell her whatever, mm-hmm. you know, she's not doing a good job or maybe she got in an argument with another employee or whatever. And I thought that is, that's not something I miss because it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to yeah. manage people. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, um, and sorry, we were we were no. laughing. I want to make sure she's okay. No, we were I'm laughing falling. a little extra because as uh, you you said that thing and she was laughing <laughs> and she kind of hit her head over. Oh, no, that's okay. Oops. It was is, is no. brain ble- bleeding? Yes, back? yeah, brain. Is, <laughs> it was
2: so funny that the story that I you was, said. I was like <laughs> yeah, dying. But yeah, that's
0: that's exactly yeah, and and just like you said when. when when people are seeing that you um, or or one person has that accountability and self-discipline, they they know that they can also do the same for others and just yeah become the but it's
1: a whole different thing it's i mean a whole that's different, just a starting a whole, point yeah yeah just you having can, you, having that you know to go. you can organize yourself and you can mm-hmm. be a really organized person but when but you try fair. to organize somebody else who isn't organized can you imagine when you're a very organized person <laughs> how frustrating oh, yeah. it is oh, yeah. and then you have to try to figure out how, you know it's mm-hmm. in some cases it's just not possible it, it takes a lot of people skills and a lot of
0: yeah The training, just like what you were saying, everyone, every company, every institute should have training for their managers. And I think
1: a lot of people say that, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they don't end up uh, doing it exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't. Yeah, it's 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 just that you got to do it, period. And if you want to be successful, Hassan used to get very upset with me because I would always compare us to Starbucks. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I'd say that is like, Starbucks has 20,000 stores, mm-hmm. okay? How do you train people for 20,000 stores? It's not you found the 20,000 people that are really good. No, what you need is a very good system, system. of training. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in the store. They have a recipe book. Oh. I saw them sitting at a table, and they were almost doing like cue cards mm-hmm. or flashcards, Right you have to have that structure. And he got upset because, well, we're not Starbucks. I said, no, I know the point. I'm not trying it's to say that. It's the that structure. Went, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is when you go to a job, hey, Michael, new guy. Great. Here's Marzi. She's going to show you how to do your job. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Good. All right. Let me show you how to do the job. You're going to go, this is, yeah, sometimes it's that. what I do is I hit it on the side. Yeah. Okay. Now let me show you how to do it over here. Yeah. This doesn't always work this way. What I do is this, and what you're getting is you're getting the filtered version of mm-hmm. how Marzi does the job. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Maybe Marzi isn't doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. What you need is you need a central, you know, program system. that's yeah. a system of training that, you know, you can replicate. You need that structure. Mm-hmm. It sounds, yeah, of course. Totally makes sense, right? Easier said than done. That's the key. That's why it doesn't happen mm-hmm. cuz you get busy with the other stuff you need to do. You know, here, just talk to Marzi, she'll teach you. She's great. She'll teach you how to do it, right? And you hope that Marzi's teaching them correctly because each, with each person, now she just trained me. And, and then, then in six months, them. they give me, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to teach Miriam. Okay, Miriam, here we go. Let me show you how to do it. Well, Marzi did it that way. And I'm not going to do it the way Marzi did. I'm going to do it my way because mm-hmm. I like my way. And it's by the time
0: it gets to the fourth or fifth yeah, it's, person, it's, it's like the whole that system's
1: telephone change. game, go- right? Exactly. You, know, you say something to somebody in the mm-hmm. front of the room, and by the time he gets mm-hmm. to the back, it's something different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, training is, is key, but it's also really hard. So. Mm-hmm.
2: I want to go back. Actually, I want to go to the different subject and different area. We want to come out from the land and ride on the boat. Tell us about your sailing. And oh. that's a very interesting subject to talk.
1: Well, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, <laughs> I surf. Kay doesn't. Uh, the boys left. Uh, And one day we were having a conversation and uh, Kay suggested, what do you think about, you know, I think maybe the conversation was like, what can we do together? You know, you don't surf, I surf. Uh, And so she said, what about sailing? I sailed as a young person. So we went and took sailing lessons in Ventura. This was 2014. And we took semi-private, which meant it was just the two of us and the instructor. And um, we did the training, we passed the training. And he said if we wanted to continue on, he told us there was a, a club in Oxnard that's a very reasonable price because there's no, you know, it's a yacht club. Well, a yacht club usually has a clubhouse and you pay dues and you go and eat and drink at like a regular uh, country club. And he said they don't have a clubhouse. It's uh, owned by the members. It's a co-op. And, uh, you know, it's a very reasonable price. So we went and checked out the club and decided that was good. That was 2014. 14. Yeah. And... Uh, we started sailing on little 22-foot boats. You'd take them out for the day. You'd maybe sail two or three miles offshore and come back. <laughs> and then you, the club, you know, you move up, and then you get to the medium boats. And the medium boats have a bathroom and a little kitchen, and so you can go and stay overnight if you are so trained to get, you know, the proper checkout, et cetera. Uh, and so we did that. And um, then you progress through the training through – it's ASA, American Sailing Association. So you start with 101, your basic – sailing keel boat then you do 103 which is like offshore going out in the ocean and then a 104 is a cruise cruising is overnight and you have to do it's a little more rigorous and so we got very fortunate because one of the guys in the club also worked for another company marina sailing and they do what's called a flotilla they they rent a bunch of boats somewhere and they take them out and so they did a grease flotilla and he thought that was a cool idea but he wanted to do it on his own because he didn't want to spend the money so he said, would you guys want to go to Greece? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So five of us went on a boat in Greece, and I asked the training people because both the guys that were on the boat besides me were trainers in the club. And I said, can I use this as my 104 training checkout, which means when we get back, I will be checked out to go on cruises by myself. So we spent a week in Greece, uh, the five of us, and we rented a boat, and we sailed around Greece. And it was, there wasn't a lot of wind. It was, uh, it was a good experience. We learned some things about it. Um, We learned that, you know, when you go somewhere, we had five Americans on a boat. We didn't see a whole lot of the Greek culture. So for Mm -hmm. us, when we travel, we would be more interested in having more interaction with the Greek culture. It was just us. We'd go to these desolate islands. Okay, so there were some Greek goats, but, you know, (laughs) that was about it. And then in, uh, I think it was around 16... This is that extrovert thing we were talking about before. We were in Morro Bay. We did some kayaking there, and there was a beautiful sailboat. And I had learned that the sailing clubs have reciprocals, which means that if you belong to one sailing club, they will, some clubs will offer you reciprocals, and you can go and stay and use their stuff. And then when they come, they use ours. Now, of course, with our club, that doesn't really apply. We don't have a clubhouse, right? It's like, if you want, you can come and stay in our parking lot, <laughs> but there's nothing else. So I saw this couple... And they had, uh, she, her hair was wet. She had just used the facility, like taking a shower, right? Uh-huh. And so they were getting on their boat, and they were going on their way. And I looked them up on the internet. Uh, actually, I asked, hey, what do you think that language is? She said, you know, that might be Dutch. So I looked it up, and um, I found the, the boat on the, inter- or I found the, what I thought was the boat on the internet, and I reached out to them. And the guy said, no, that's not me. It means, it was wit raft, and it means white raven. And it's very rare. Hmm. And he said, that's not my, our boat. But there are friends here, you know, here's how you get a hold of them. And of course, I couldn't resist. And I said, Well, if it's so rare, how did I find two of you yeah. in one day, right? <laughs> so he, I got a hold of these people and I just said, It looks like you're heading south. Uh-huh. If you're going to Ventura, we'd love to have you for dinner. So there's the extrovert part, right? Just like reaching out, right? <laughs> and they said, Wow, that's great. Okay, you know, we'll let you know. Now, Morro Bay by car is about a two and a half hour drive. Mm. Now, um, we heard from them three weeks later. And what they did was offshore of where we live are the Channel Islands. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, I think there's four that are right in this. I think there might be seven total, but there's four right in this area. So they spent three weeks on this boat going around these islands. When they showed up in Ventura, they were a Dutch couple. They had been on the boat permanently for 10 years. Wow! They lived on their boat. They had come over from the Netherlands to Alaska, Wow! um, and they were on their way to Mexico. So they stayed here for uh, I think 10 days. We lent them the car. They went to Hollywood. We had some dinners.
2: That's nice. We had
1: some people that had been married a long time come to dinner and they the first question everybody asked was like how do you do it? How do you live on that boat 10 years just the two of you on the boat, right? And she was very honest. She said, you know, yeah, when the very, it took about 2 years to kind of get their groove and you know, they get into arguments and she would just go to the front of the boat and sit <laughs> on the front of the boat. She couldn't go anywhere, right? Uh, so very lovely couple. And then we ended up sailing with them in Mexico for a week. So the, the sailing has opened a lot of doors for us. Um, Kay's good with it. We've gone out to the islands and stayed out there many, many nights in a row. Um, we've taken the kids out there and stayed. It's just a, you know, the islands are, you can get out to the islands in probably about five hours on a sailboat. Mm -hmm. So it's opened up this whole new world for us um, that, uh, it's been great. You know, we, we can go out for the day. You guys are always welcome. If you want to go out sailing. We oh, get the, Yes, you know, yes,
2: yeah. so, we are.
1: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a one, we live in a wonderful area. Um, and, uh, it's something that we try to remind ourselves often how fortunate we are, all the things in our life, how fortunate we are, and living where we live is, you know, we should take advantage and of Yeah,
0: that. and use those opportunities. And
1: those islands are right there. They're a national park, yeah. and they are amazing. They are just amazing. And um, so that's the sailing story.
2: Oh, God. Awesome, how can I come back? It's,
0: yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask if you guys because uh, that's about nine years of experience so far, am I right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Do, is, are you guys comfortable enough to just go out in the middle of the ocean? And if there's if it's stormy, you can still sail your way back. Well, sail your way back.
1: Part of your training is to understand when to go out and when not to go out, mm-hmm. right? oh, okay. and so you're watching the weather okay. continuously. Okay and if it's going to be bad weather you're not going to go out that, yeah, that's so the the, the, the proper skipper either. is not going to put themselves <laughs> or anybody in danger mm-hmm. so we've had to scrap trips mm-hmm. before with the weather not cooperating and mm-hmm. and and, uh, and we've also been out there when you know we I remember yeah not, not let's see probably the most interesting was in Greece mm-hmm. and I was at the helm which means I was at the wheel and we got hit by a squall so out of no we saw the storm it was mm-hmm. further away so basically, in a moment, the boat sort of tips over because the sail is up mm-hmm. for almost no wind. And then suddenly, 40 knots of wind hit the sail. So the boat's going to mm-hmm. heel way over. We had just served coffee, and there was coffee oh, everywhere. No. Coffee oh, no. went flying. <laughs> Uh, everybody was safe. There's no no problem with that. And uh, you know the other things that are kind of wild cards is anchoring. Mm-hmm. So when you go out to the islands, you got to th- put down an anchor, and you you know you want to. So the first time we ever did it, I had an app on my phone, mm-hmm. and it used GPS and it drew a circle around the boat. And so if the boat went outside of that circle, an alarm would go off, right? Because ah. you don't want to you know you want you want to sleep, but at the same yeah. time you know. So we went to sleep. The alarm went off. I freaked out. I ran up. Look. And we're exactly where we were. Okay, so I made the circle a little bit bigger. You know, okay, I went back to sleep. The alarm went off again. I got up. I freaked out. I looked around. We're exactly where we were. We haven't moved, right? I made the circle a little bigger. By the third or fourth time, I just turned the damn thing off. and said, "All right, well, we're not we're not going anywhere." Every time I get up, we're exactly where we were. Uh, but you, you know, you have to be careful. And-
0: Maybe it's yeah. They made it sensitive on purpose so that
1: extra safe or i think that well the boat swings yeah so even though the anchor stays in the the, same spot if you don't have two anchors mm -hmm. which means you don't have one off the front and the back which you can Uh at times if you're just dropping the front Mm -hmm. anchor the boat is going to swing with the current and the wind Mm -hmm. and so the boat's going to move it's going to it can yeah it can Mm -hmm. go circle around the the anchor stays where it's at (laughs) but that's also you know yeah it's it's just all part of the process wow so
2: you have gps and oh yeah yeah, sure. Wi-Fi like everywhere. No,
1: you don't mm-hmm. have Wi-Fi. The cell service stops when you get out to the islands. You don't. It's a little spotty. You might find it in some. You shouldn't rely on. But
2: it. With, it. with the satellite, the new satellite, you are able to get the satellite from the Starlight, right?
1: Not Starling, but Starling, yeah. But yes. but you have GPS. There there are. Chart plotters on the boat that have GPS. You have your phone that has GPS. Okay. You don't need cellular for that. Okay. Um, or Wi-Fi. You don't need that for that. But yeah, you do have that, and you have electronics that will help you. But also, we're very fortunate. Um, we're, you know, if it's not foggy, which mm-hmm. fog is a wild card, but you know, we're very close. Mm-hmm. You know, you can generally see the islands. You can generally oh, okay. see, right. You know, shore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 25 miles out to Santa Cruz. It's about 11 miles out to Anacapa. So. You know, it's not like you're in the wild open ocean. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to diminish it completely. But yeah, it's. I think that, uh, you know. It-
2: and then if, like, these are the things that I really don't know. When you sail, do you have to have, like, it's like a car. You go park or there is a place or spot that you have to reserve it. When you go, for example, you're sailing from here, Ventura Harbor, You're going to Catalina Island. Do you have to reserve a spot
1: to park your... Sure, sure. Catalina is a little bit different. And the reason why it is is it is actually... um, People live on Catalina. There's a city on Catalina, okay? The rest of the islands are not developed at all. Mm -hmm. So they're like going to... Uh, the desert or you know there's just you know there's a little bit of camping on some of the islands with some pit toilets but they really don't have anything no services mm-hmm. okay. Catalina is different so you asked about Catalina Catalina has a city mm-hmm. it has another place called Two Harbors which has got you know facilities restaurants things like that Catalina is also different that they have this thing called uh, uh, mooring balls okay so what they've done is they've put these floating balls on anchors which are like big cement blocks that sit on the ground. So when you go to Catalina, you don't, you don't drop an anchor for the most part. There's some places you could drop, but the most part you have these balls that have, uh, lines or ropes on them. And so you drive up to those with your boat and you hook, tie. On, you tie on and that and it's much easier than anchoring. You have to pay for that. Uh-huh. In some cases you do, they do accept reservations ahead of time. Um, and uh, because at high season, you need to make sure you have a spot. right? Uh, we, we went, uh, 2019 we went to Catalina. It's about a 12 hour journey from Oxnard. Oh. So it took us all day to get there. We went with another couple and I made reservations. We'd never been there before. So I paid, I mean an extra $8, whatever, mm. for the reservation on top of the nightly mm. fee. And when we got there, there were two boats out of 50 mooring <laughs> balls. I realized, okay. You know. So you can just show up and there's these guys in the little boats cruising around. You're like, okay, they'll take your credit card. And okay, you're going to stay for one night. And then when you go to the city, which is Avalon, there's a little harbor and you can tie up on those. Now, what I learned on that last trip was those mooring balls are owned by people. Mm. Okay. And, when the, and the agreement is when those people aren't there, they, the place can rent them.
0: Oh, so right? by the residents, basically. So oh, they own the it. Rest- they have their
1: name like on the ball is the name of the boat, right? Oh. So we went to the city. Our friends wanted to go, oh. all right, we'll go. So we stayed two nights in the city, right? Mm-hmm. So our boat is in the water. We have to take our little dinghy or you can call somebody and they'll come on a boat and taxi and you pay them to take you to, it, take to the you. Sh- shore, right? But we had our own little rubber boat. We don't need to do that. So the, after the second night, the next morning, we were going to go, the guy came by and he said, are you, guys, are you guys going? We said, yeah, we're planning to go. He said, good, because the owner's coming. And if you want to stay, you have to move to a different ball because the owner has radioed us and told us they're on their way out. Um, so it's an interesting arrangement yeah. that they have. But that's mooring balls. That only exists here in Catalina. If you go to the other islands, mm-hmm. you have to set an anchor. You have to drop an anchor uh-huh. and lock that. You know, put that anchor on the ground to hold the boat in place, mm-hmm. and then you're on anchor for the night.
2: How how do you realize that? Because I heard
1: that our islands
2: on the back they are very shallow. It's very deep. One of the deepest area. How do you know where to drop the anchors that it's gonna get to the ground?
1: So um, a, cou- <laughs> a couple of things. So first of all, there is a guidebook, okay? There's a, a, a UC Santa Barbara professor, probably in the 1980s, I think. Uh, I think he was an archaeology professor, but he loved sailing. And uh, Fagan is his name, I think, or Finnegan. And he wrote uh, – no, it's Fagan. He wrote a book that he documented. He sailed the islands. He documented every every – what we call anchorage, every spot that you could sort of tuck in with your boat – in great detail, the type of ground, which means is it sand, is it grass, is it rock, how deep is it? Now with modern uh, GPS and equipment, you know, you have a depth meter, Mm -hmm. right? So that's very helpful for you because you can see exactly how deep the water is. Mm -hmm. So we're generally dropping an anchor in 30 feet of water and Mm -hmm. we're inside an anchorage, which, so we're inside a cove where we're protected because you want to be protected Mm -hmm. from the wind. And depending on which way the wind is coming, there's all these different little places. And so he'll say, this spot is good if the wind's coming from the west. Of course, he doesn't take into account that the wind changes, too, during the <laughs> night. So you might be good. And that's true. You might be good when you start, but then you might not be good later. Um, and so, yeah, so we there's a copy of that book on every boat. Um, and I have a copy on my iPad and I have a paper copy as well. Because it's great, you know, you read. And we've been to some of those. There's plenty. It's a Santa Cruz Island is 100 square miles. It's a big island. And so there's a lot of places that we haven't been to yet. But we've been to a few. And um, as far as the depth goes, somebody asked me that recently. How deep is it? And I said, you know, well, I know it gets certain. So I looked it up. And I think what you're talking about, you may know this already, but Santa Cruz Island is the big island. Just beyond that island is the Santa Cruz Channel. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than the Grand Canyon. So, yeah, I mean, it's like over a mile plus Mm -hmm. deep, right? It's deep. Um, You're never going to get to that depth (laughs) in You know, it's like, you know. But there's, you know, when you sail out, I think the depth thing stops at 500 or something. It starts flashing because it doesn't, you know, read it anymore. But there's plenty there. But when you get close to the island, it gets it it gets shallow, and you need to be careful, right? You got the the waves. You know, you got a lot yeah, of different things you have to yeah. navigate. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's kind of challenging, but it's not. You know, it's. If you know what you're doing. It's...
0: Yeah, and you took all the training classes. Like, I mean, you learned Yeah, that doesn't mean, yeah, stuff. that
1: still doesn't mean, uh, you know, unless you, there's people that sail all the time that are really a much better sailors than we are. We're, we're kind of weekend warriors. But still, you know, as long as you know the basics and you practice prudence, you know, caution, mm-hmm. you'll probably be okay. Mm-hmm. But so what do you do? You go out and you anchor, you go ashore in your dinghy, maybe you have some kayaks. There's a lot of caves, so it's kind of cool to yeah. know, kayak around. Oh, wow um you can go on shore and hike there's some beautiful hikes um
2: you know, lots of free foxes
1: swim yeah the island fox right know. exactly but you don't have to sail i mean you can take the island packer boats they go out you know mm-hmm. all the time all day long yeah. they're going out to all the islands and uh, so it's yeah. pretty special i bet yeah. <laughs> i'm very excited about that <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Marzia. I
0: was going to, well, I was thinking about your, um, usually Mariam has a question that um, at the end, when we're kind of starting getting ready to wrap up, it's like, I'm going to ask it, but basically, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) What is coming for Michael from here on? What's the plan for the future?
1: Well, I think that uh, after this many years of working, Mm -hmm. I can see for sure, Trying to back off from working so much, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to you know play with some of the, I would love to have the opportunity to do some teaching, mm-hmm. do some tutoring, do you know help you know maybe with some programming. So mm-hmm. there's a place on the west side on Ventura Avenue where I I know the guy, the teacher who sort of started this place up, and I've done a little bit of teaching with him before with some kids, teaching them programming, and I just think that in our in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an opportunity for a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. So so maybe that, Mm -hmm. um, but I think in general, just maybe trying to figure out how to work a little bit less, Mm -hmm. um, sail a little bit more, (laughs) travel a little bit more. Nice, nice.
2: But no no retirement yet? Yeah, sorry. No, I know. I was going to say that. We always, like, I think we saw you guys more than anybody else's. You're always everywhere with Kay. It's like hi Festival, we were coming, and you were there. Yes. We were walking on the beach, like, I think it was like maybe seven, eight months ago with my parents. We had, actually, we bumped to them. They were bike riding with Kay. You guys learn how to enjoy mm-hmm. your life and use every moment of it, and I think you never wasted it.
1: Well, I think it's interesting that you say that the way you say it, because... In order for you to have seen us in all of these places, you had to have been in all those places yourself, right? So I would say right back at you because that's...
0: It's the two extroverts in both families right? pulling everyone out of the house. Well,
1: I'll tell you, the we went, we did a sailing trip to the island, Santa Cruz Island, and we finished the last night in Santa Barbara. So you come across from the island to Santa Barbara, and there's a great book called uh, Diary of Sea Captain's Wife, if you ever get a chance to read it. Uh, early 1900s, a wife and her husband built a boat in their backyard, and he used to shuttle the movie stars over to this one area, and they used to film some movies over there. And uh, so, anyway, we came across from there, and we stayed one night in Santa Barbara. And the way it works is, you get a, a, a guest slip. They charge you a dollar a foot for your boat. We had a 38-foot boat, so for $40, we had waterfront property in Santa Barbara. We went into town. There were three of us: Kay, myself, and another friend of ours who was joined joined us. We're in a coffee shop, and I hear these two people talking, a man and a woman, and I'm thinking that sounds like Italian. Maybe I said, "Excuse me, what language is that?" He said, "Italian." I said, "Oh, you guys from Italy?" Yeah, we're on our honeymoon. You're on your honeymoon. Oh my, oh my goodness! God. You need to. We talked for a couple minutes. <laughs> you need to come back to us. We're gonna have dinner. And Kay said, "This is our last night. I have one thing left. I have pa- some pasta, and you just invited Italians onto the boat. And I have this old dry pasta. She was so concerned." It was the most wonderful evening. He okay. spoke English, she did not, but our friend uh-huh. spoke Italian. You know, our friend Travis. He took lessons from Soli. so okay. he spoke some Italian and some Spanish. So we we yes. sort of muddled through it. Wonderful okay. evening, and they that's couldn't right. believe that we invited him onto our boat. You know, and that's amazing. That's the extrovert, yeah. right? Yeah, but yet exactly. you, have these, the moment. Yeah, you just, have these. Yeah, you have these encounters enjoying. with people, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful, magical night. Our last night on the boat.
2: It is very interesting that you're saying that uh, because if Kay was not cooperating with your actions, it wouldn't be that sweet. She could have fought it and that would be a very different
1: story. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. You're you're right. You're right. That Mm -hmm. is a very good point.
2: I remember when me and Marzi, we went on a Europe, like a like we made our own route and uh, we went to the uh, um, to um, Italy we started from Rome and Florence and then we went to Milan um, Bellagio and then we went to France and then we went to Belgium and I know that I made Marzi's life miserable because I am who I am and uh, she wanted it to absorb everything and enjoy her moment and me and my cameras. And
1: <laughs> so does that mean that she's documenting you and everything you're doing?
2: Uh, no, no, the,
0: the, the, the surrounding, but, um, no, I, I didn't say that. She's saying that. Okay. No, it was, it was an awesome. Trip. No, was, honestly, it
2: was, it was, I, I think Marzi time. is having sometimes hard time to cope with me because I know that I am too much and, I'm saying it because not, not I am saying it because a lot of people they they told me that you're too much sometimes,
0: and I bet, huh? Good thing we're not married. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's um, it's uh, that that's exactly the same conversations that keep coming up. Um, extroverted people kind of force us introverted people to to do things that sometimes we're not comfortable with and getting out of our comfort zone sometimes it's frustrating sometimes we're happy that we uh, went ahead with it because it's new experiences but yeah everybody has their own style. that's true like end well here's things.
1: something mm-hmm. i'll tell you uh miriam that um sorry Marzi. Mm-hmm. that you probably cannot relate to but i have a hard time spending a lot of time by myself
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I I understand because and, that's that's how you guys are. Yeah, and is
1: I I don't like that though. Mm-hmm. I would I want to spend time. Mm-hmm. I think I do, mm-hmm. um, but I don't seem to ever. Mm-hmm. My actions don't match my thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think
0: and, I'd, and I would like to and try all, that yeah, more. Yeah, all, all extroverts <laughs> are. Yeah, and but, yeah, I I love spending time by myself it's uh i feel like just just um being able to to process my thoughts and sometimes it's peaceful sometimes you have a lot of conversations going on but it's um because most of us introverted people process everything internally we need to have that space so we can process things but you guys need to process it while you're talking about it out loud with other people and it's both beautiful, two beautiful worlds, and it's very fun when it's colliding. And it's just like what Mariam's saying, um, you and k um, were able to to understand each other and um find maybe a happy medium, maybe it's more towards um being more extroverted, but um it's how you go about it and kinda when when you care about someone, whether it's your sister, it's your wife, it's whoever it is in your life that you care about you um adapt yourself with the things that they like and and in, in the process you learn a lot more so um yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's it's both it's both of those worlds are beautiful and I, I understand your side as well
1: the last thing you said i think is something i missed earlier about k something i learned about <laughs> k and it's something that i'm not sure i would have gotten i don't know that for sure cuz mm-hmm. i i can't know that but mm-hmm. And that is the concept of putting other people's feelings ahead of yours, mm-hmm. being uh, conscientious about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it seems so simple, but it's not, and people mm-hmm. don't do it mm-hmm. uh, as regularly as maybe they should. And if they did, yeah. the world would be a better place. Yeah. That's K. Mm-hmm. You know, K. And to a fault sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like she needs to take care of Kay. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But uh, that's something that I learned from her, and I think it has served me well That uh, to try to remind myself that that's, you know, try to be better about that and, and really try to put other people's feelings ahead of yours, which is not our normal tendency as humans.
0: Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> very difficult, yeah. But with people that you care about, it's, it's a lot It should
1: easier. be easier. It, yeah, it should be yeah. easier. And
0: it takes practice. It takes practice.
1: It does. And that's, you know, we had somebody visiting once who asked Kay um, what the trick was. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who the person was, but the, the person <laughs> asked her, well, how do you do it? What's the trick? And she said, what do you mean? Well, the boys always say please and thank Your little boys always say uh-huh. please and thank you. What's the tr- secret? And Kay said, well... Probably because we say please and thank uh-huh. you, right? So what you just exactly. said, you have to model that mm-hmm. so that they, and, and not just for them, but for us too, exactly. if we're doing it all the time. Exactly. Um, do you guys, do either of you have an Alexa?
0: And I have a mini Google Google Yeah.
1: So we have the Alexa. And so we always say please and thank you to Alexa Uh because it's just (laughs) the way we talk, right? (laughs) But what's really funny is that if you go out of your way, so I'll say, I have some connected, some lights. So I say, Alexa, can you turn on Michael's light, which is my bed Uh reading light. Uh And so, um, and that's fine. I'll say, would you please turn on the light? Uh Thank you, whatever. But if you say it in the right order, so I did last night, I said, Uh Alexa, thank you. Uh And she said... Oh, you're so welcome. And she said something like, um, I'm, I really appreciate, you know, you saying uh-huh. that. It really gives me a charge.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I think it's that's funny.
1: That's a, that's a pun because mm-hmm. she's electric and it gives her a charge. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, remember, this is a programmer uh-huh. who's writing this stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, that's what I think about as the is uh-huh. Like some programmer wrote that stuff, right? <laughs> and then Kay said it last night. Uh, and uh, the, the Alexa said you're very welcome. It's just very emphatic. Oh. You're very welcome. Oh, that, I'm like, oh, that's a, such a, a great, you know. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's a machine, uh-huh. right? It's a machine. But, We're but talking to a machine. And it learned.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, somebody's programmed it to. Mm-hmm. Somebody's programmed it mm-hmm. to react that way.
0: Yeah.
1: In kind.
0: Exactly. Okay. And that's that's all that matters. And
2: it could be programmed. With a different way. Oh yeah.
1: We could go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) That
0: would be a whole (laughs) Yeah, we'd need a couple hours
1: for the whole (laughs) AI conversation, I think, at this point in our in our life.
0: But um yeah, exactly. Just you've kind of wrapped up everything that you were that we've been talking about. And it's all about just respect and understanding and being kind. And as as long as you have that um with at work, with your partners, with your kids When people feel like it's a safe place that you can talk about and figure anything out, you can solve any problems, really. So I congratulate the two of you guys for creating that space in in your family.
1: Thank you.
2: And I just remember that we didn't even mention one time our Soli. Dear friend, yeah. that the common
1: the common person to do religious, yeah, she's right.
2: listening to our uh-huh. podcast every single one of them. She commented, she's like is our most advocate yeah. person, and uh, she's our the person that we know you. It's she's the glue. Yes, she is the glue. Yeah, she yeah, she,
1: the glue. She right.
0: us. yeah exactly. And
2: so. uh, I know that you are playing right now with. Her. I'm doing
1: my first recital next
2: month. You ooh, are. Ooh,
1: ooh. Oh you know, 12, 12 years of practicing you know oh. eventually you're going to have to do a recital so i figure i better get it out of the way <laughs> i don't know if it's 12 years but it's a long time i've been nice. practicing and playing so.
2: okay you better play good because i'm i promise her i'm going to record everything this time oh well because we didn't for a long time i used to record her recital every year mm-hmm. and now uh, that's she, unfortunate she was i like feel asking.
1: a fever coming on <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: <know. laughs> no, I I to. have call in been... <laughs> sick. That day. you know what that's that's a fun thing about this recital like nobody is going to criticize anybody, and everybody's enjoying it. Yeah, and it's all
0: celebration of your hard work.
2: That's it. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Look like at like my it piano. Correctly.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next time, Mariam's gonna join too. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, oh, hopefully. <laughs> anyway, we have to um, wrap it up. It was so great. Thank you for giving us your time, your story, your life stories. Um, some of the secrets Mm -hmm. that it's been never told or you know the things that i hope you never regret that you said it on
1: (laughs) (laughs) this podcast i couldn't think of two nicer people to tell it
2: oh it was
0: really lovely having you thank
1: Thank you you. thank Thank you you very much i
0: appreciate appreciate your friendship
1: thank you
2: and thank you, Kay, for letting him to come here. Hopefully, we can have her one of these days, too, because I know she has a lot to say, too.
1: Don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> I don't think
2: that's <laughs> Thank you so much. You. Good luck to you, your life journey, and your work, your family. And I hope that we can stay connected with you. Whatever you do, whatever you guys are, you know, in the future doing, because we always enjoy it and get a lot of good energy and vibe from you guys. And
0: and admire you. Yeah, you guys have the zest for life and it's beautiful too. Thank you. To to be around. Thank
2: Thank you for listening to us. (laughs) Go ahead and wrap it (laughs) up, Marcy. Thank
0: you, our listeners. Have a good rest of your day whenever you're listening.
2: Bye.